Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. Today's story is about a 16-year-old who disappeared one morning after coming home from a party the night before. My sources are listed in the description area of the video. This is the case of Carly Guzay. This story takes place in 2018. 2018 was the year Toys R Us decided to close its doors for good. Starbucks announced it would stop selling plastic straws. The Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Meghan Markle married Prince Harry. The royal wedding was a big deal and major headlines for a while. The Miss America pageant ended its swimsuit competition. Women in Saudi Arabia were allowed to legally drive for the first time in history. And lastly, the price of gas was $2.74 a gallon, which we all really miss compared to 2021, now in its $3.37 on average. Carly Lane Gouzet was born May 13, 2002, to parents Lindsay and Zach. Lindsay and Zach divorce when Carly is very young, and Zach marries a woman named Melissa. These are, are important characters in the story, mom Lindsay, dad Zach, and stepmom Melissa. I'll say it again just to drive it home because I'm going to be mentioning their names a lot. Mom is Lindsay, dad is Zach, and stepmom is Melissa. Carly also had two younger brothers who were 9 and 10. Now, Carly and her mom, Lindsay, live in Bishop, California. Her dad and stepmom and two little brothers live in Chalfont, California, which is only 14 miles away. In August of 2018, Lindsay gets a job in Nevada and makes the decision to move there. Carly doesn't want to leave Bishop High School, where she is a junior. Carly is definitely part of the popular crowd. She's not a mean girl, though. She's kind and she's thoughtful and she's described as kind of shy. She doesn't want to relocate and be the new girl. So the best course of action was decided to have Carly move in with her dad, Zach, and her stepmom, Melissa, and their two young sons. This way, she could continue in the same high school. And Carly even gets a part-time job at the title company where Melissa worked at. I looked up the street that this family lives on in Chalfont, California, and it was the strangest thing. There's literally this neighborhood in the middle of the desert and wilderness. There's only 650 people in the whole town. The image on Google Maps was something like I've never seen before. This patch of houses was close together, and then there's just highways and deserts surrounding it for miles and miles. If you want to see it, look up Ponderosa Street in Chalfont, California. It may come up as Bishop as the town though since the towns are close and just kind of blend together. So it's October of 2018 now. Carly's been living with her dad and stepmom for about two months. Carly was suspended from school because she was caught smoking pot on campus. Her grades were also declining. She goes to counseling and that seems to help some. Friends noticed a change in Carly, but it wasn't really visible to her parents. For example, friends say she was worried someone was tracking her through her cell phone. But Zach, Melissa, and Lindsay all say they didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. Sometimes teens will confide in their friends more than their parents, and this is a good example of it. On Friday, October 12, 2018, Carly and her boyfriend leave school at 3.20 p.m., Carly tells her stepmom, Melissa, that they are going to go to a high school football game that evening. Instead, they actually go to a small party. She's not the first teenager to lie to her parents about where she was going to be. Also, I call this a party, but it was actually just a few friends getting together to smoke pot. 
Around 8 o'clock p.m., Melissa calls Carly and asks if she needs a ride home from the game. How's everything going? You having a good time? Carly says her boyfriend was going to take her home and everything is fine. Not long after this phone call, friends at the party say Carly began freaking out and she's panicking. She had smoked pot, according to her friends. She's frantic and people are trying to calm her down, but it's impossible. Now, I can tell you all, I'm not a marijuana smoker. I believe marijuana is a great thing and it helps a lot of people. I wish it was legalized. However, hear me out. I myself cannot handle it. I've smoked pot only a handful of times in my life. It causes me to have severe anxiety. My heart races. I hear sounds and it's not a pleasant experience for me at all. It does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. I remember one night googling on my phone how to get unhigh. I was vomiting and it was something I'll never relive again. I hated the whole experience. But I'm glad 99% of folks have good reactions. And again, I think marijuana is a very good thing. It's just not for me. People say try another strain or whatever, but I don't even want to attempt it in case it happens again. So I believe from my own experience, it's totally possible Carly could have smoked some industrial strength pot and caused her to freak out. At 8.30 p.m., she calls her stepmom, Melissa, and asks her to pick her up from this party. At this point, she's so scared that she doesn't even care about the fact that she told her she would be at a football game, but instead went to a party. If you've ever lied to your parents about your whereabouts, you would know this is a big deal because she doesn't care if she'll be in any trouble. According to Melissa, Carly stated, Never mind. Hurry up. I changed my mind. Come get me. I'm booking it down Dixon Lane. Hurry, hurry. I'm scared. This is pretty much every parent's nightmare. Getting a call like this is not something you want to get. Melissa hurries to the trailer park where Carly is and doesn't see her anywhere. So Melissa drives around for a bit looking for Carly and it's dark. Finally, she sees a little light bobbing around ahead and she pulls over and it's Carly running and she's using her cell phone light to guide her way. Carly jumps in Melissa's car and says she's scared. Melissa said Carly looked like a ghost and her eyes were dilated. Carly is saying she's afraid of Melissa's car, that it's going to kill her, and she changes seats in the car multiple times. Guys, at this point, I don't know about you, but to me, she's under the influence of something. Something is making her act this way. I don't think it's schizophrenia or anything like that. I think she took something. Melissa's got to be like, look, let's just get you home. We'll discuss all this in the morning. You just need to be safe right now. They get home and her dad is home from work. They say Carly is acting erratically. She's scared of her cell phone and she's huddled in the corner. They ask her what's wrong and she can't explain it. Melissa makes Carly a salad and Carly spits it out and calls it the devil's lettuce. Finally, Carly is beginning to calm down. She's still paranoid and acting strange, but she's not freaking out as much. She tells Melissa and Zach that she smoked weed at the party. They don't feel she needs to go to the hospital, though. Melissa and Carly begin painting their toenails together. They talk. Carly asks to read some scriptures out of the Bible. And this is an odd request, but Carly is beginning to calm down. Melissa decides to take out her cell phone and record Carly. This was so that she could show her the next morning how she was acting, maybe as a way to discourage her from not doing drugs again. The video is 8 minutes and 45 seconds long. Carly says she doesn't want to go to sleep. She asks 
Melissa if she'll call 911 if something bad happens to her. This is the last confirmed audio of Carly's voice. Melissa and Zach have been crucified in the media for not calling 911. They say they didn't want to do that when all she had done was smoke some pot. They don't want to show up at the hospital like, hey, my teen smoked weed and now she's acting strange. Melissa and Carly laid in bed together from 10.30 p.m. until 3 a.m. chatting. They both eventually fell asleep. The next morning, October 13, 2018, according to what Melissa told Dr. Phil, she woke up at 5.45 a.m. and began getting her two boys ready for school. She opened Carly's door and found she was not in bed. She goes to her husband, Zach, and he said he hasn't seen her either. My issue with this is that October 13th, 2018 is a Saturday. Melissa changes her story. She says she woke up at 5.45 a.m., saw Carly laying next to her, and her eyes are open. Melissa falls back asleep. Between 7.15 and 7.30 a.m., she wakes up and Carly is gone. The front door was ajar. Melissa and Zach drive around for hours looking for her. Melissa says everything was happening so fast. Do you guys remember me telling you about how on Google Maps their neighborhood is literally a cluster of houses and nothing but desert highways around the outside the outside of this cluster of houses? So they're driving around these roads for a while. They think maybe she just needed to clear her head. If she's been gone for an hour, she could have basically be anywhere. At 9.35 a.m., Melissa and Zach contact Lindsay, Carly's mother, who is in Nevada, 160 miles away. Lindsay tells them to contact the police. Lindsay has stated that she didn't like the way Zach told her Carly is gone. The word gone just didn't sit right with her. The police arrive along with the FBI and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They don't see anything out of the ordinary in the house. There's no signs of forced entry. They find Carly's cell phone, her money, and her wallet. The first thing they did was comb her cell phone. When a teen is in trouble, the first thing they want is that cell phone. They basically keep every single move inside of it, and you can tell a lot. They're going through her messages and her Facebook and her Instagram. They did find a, a text message to her boyfriend that said she believed the weed she smoked at the party was laced with something. This leads the investigators to believe that she's still feeling the effects of this drug. The fact that she left her cell phone at home is a huge red flag. But remember from the night before, Carly was scared of her phone, so that could be why it's not with her. They can't issue an Amber Alert because there's no car details or description of an abductor. They believe Carly may have just walked out of the house. Melissa had been texting Carly's boyfriend that morning, and he was worried about her as well. He also had a solid alibi, and his whereabouts were confirmed, and he was never considered a suspect. Carly's footprints were found in the driveway, but it doesn't lead them anywhere. As well, this was her home. Her footprints are supposed to be in the driveway. They could have just been there from the day before. Neighbors are interviewed, and there are three possible sightings of Carly. One came from a man who was a retired Los Angeles police officer who lived on the same street. He said he saw a female with long hair walk by his house carrying a piece of paper in her hand. A neighbor who lives on the next street said he was relaxing in his jacuzzi and he saw a young woman with a paper in her hand who matched Carly's description walking down the street. She kept looking at the sky. It was strange, he said, because you usually don't see teenagers walking around on a Saturday that early in the morning.
The third claims he was outside cutting firewood and saw a girl with long hair in the area of Highway 6 standing behind a barbed wire fence. Now, if she's on Highway 6, at this point, she could have been picked up and she could be anywhere. This highway is known to truck drivers and travelers. I mean, it's a highway. It also runs from California all the way across the country. I want to know what is on that paper that this person is carrying. The family says they believe it is for a counseling service. However, there was a Facebook comment from Melissa that said Carly had been up writing for hours that night, so it could have been whatever she had been up writing. Friends say Carly never gave any indication that she wanted to run away or that things were bad at home. If she did want to run away, why not just call her mom, say things aren't working out here at dad and Melissa's house, come get me. Her mom would have dropped everything and came and got her. And just to pause for a minute, I guess this is kind of like the big elephant in the room. All we really have to go on here is Melissa and Zach's version of events. These two have been featured on TV a lot, including interviews with Dr. Phil. A lot of internet sleuths believe Melissa isn't telling the truth about everything that happened that night. She has been known to change her story at times, but many of the change details are minor. For example, she may say something like, Carly called me at 8 p.m. And in other interviews, she may say, Carly called me at 8.30 p.m. So it's not a drastic difference, but internet detectives notice things like that. It's okay to change up your story if you're talking about stealing a clothing item from a store, for example. But when it's a missing child's case, you can't do things like that and not expect major backlash and accusations. Many believe Melissa is the prime suspect in Carly's disappearance. I need to make it 100% clear, though, Melissa and Zach have never been charged with a crime, nor are they considered persons of interest. However, in the court of public opinions, they are guilty of something for sure. Again, you can't tell one reporter a version of events and then go on Dr. Phil and say differently. It's no wonder people think she's the prime suspect. There's no cameras on anyone's houses. There's no gas stations with surveillance cameras, which is what we see in a lot of other cases. Some believe, but this hasn't been confirmed with authorities, that the woman carrying the piece of paper walking down the street was actually Melissa and not Carly, since Melissa matches the description as well. For the next week, there are major searches going on. You've got officers on horseback, and there's helicopters, there's rescue teams, cadaver dogs, you name it. I'm always super impressed when someone under the age of 18 goes missing, all of the resources that are pulled out to find the person. No signs of Carly turn up, though. After a week, the searches are suspended, but groups of citizens are still out doing their own searches. Dozens and dozens of residents are out searching on foot and on four-wheelers. Again, no signs of Carly. During this time, Melissa is on Facebook constantly, and she's doing these live videos, and she's crying and giving updates on the searches. I haven't watched any of the videos, but I have heard many people have mocked these videos and say she's full of shit. The videos have since been taken down. Again, I haven't seen the videos, but I read that people are saying she's acting shifty. The videos have been overanalyzed by thousands of viewers. Something was brought up, and that's that never once Melissa says, come home, Carly, or we miss you, Carly. Melissa and Zach did speak at a Mono County Sheriff's Office press conference a year later where they said, hi, Carly. Hi, Car Bear. I hope you're watching this. I miss you so much. 
The sheriff's office sets up a checkpoint on Highway 6 and they're stopping each car and asking if anyone has seen Carly in the area a week before. They show each driver her picture. No one claims they saw Carly or anyone matching that description in the area a week before. Her picture is posted at local gas stations and diners in the town and surrounding areas. Tips come in, but none lead to Carly. On December 18th, 2018, this is two months after Carly disappeared, a pair of bloody underwear was found near a pile of coyote droppings. The underwear was collected and tested, but believed not to have been associated with Carly. There are a lot of sightings of Carly, but none of them ended up being her. She looks like many other teenage girls. She's five foot seven. She's got long brown hair. There's millions of teenage girls matching that description. One thing that stood out to me while researching this was that Lindsay says Zach once told her, at least you have an alibi, Lindsay. You were in Nevada. To me, it just seems like a weird statement. I found an article, which is listed in my sources, that breaks down each and every instance where Melissa seemed to change her story and what the explanation for it is. The writer goes into great detail describing those who are attacking Zach and Melissa as a lynch mob who just wants someone to be held accountable, no matter if they were in the wrong or not. One example was there was a rumor that Zach and Melissa had a concrete slab poured in their backyard days after Carly went missing, and it ended up being false. The writer seems angry and wants to make it known that Melissa and Zach had nothing to do with Carly's disappearance. In January of 2019, this is three months after Carly's disappearance, James Durlin, who is 18 years old, pleaded guilty to contributing to the delinquency of a minor. He was charged since he was the one who provided the weed to Carly the night before she disappeared. The court has to do something. This case is very stale and growing cold. They have to have some kind of movement here. This is a minor offense, and James is in no way, shape, or form considered a suspect in her disappearance. Basically, he was the one who handed her the joint or whatever they were smoking out of. As an FYI, if you're going to smoke with a friend, make sure that friend is over 18 years old or you'll be charged with a crime like her friend James was. I do think the marijuana Carly smoked should have been tested to maybe give an idea of what she was on. I thought maybe it was laced with LSD, but after looking into this, it seems that LSD can't really be laced into smokable marijuana because as soon as it gets hot, it won't work. But I also feel like a lot of times marijuana being laced with PCP or something similar is a scare tactic and it doesn't actually happen often in real life. I'm not talking fentanyl and heroin here. These are high school teens who are lucky to get their hands on a gram of pot. Lindsay hires her own private investigator and this guy feels police did not follow proper protocol when they initially arrived at Carly's house. For example, her bedding wasn't analyzed and nothing was tested in both Melissa and Zach's cars. This may be because at the time they assumed she was just a runaway and would be home before supper. They may not have thought this would be a major missing child case and that three years later her name is known all across the U.S. Melissa denies any wrongdoing in Carly's disappearance, but Lindsay seems to think otherwise. Let's go over a few theories. Most of these are gathered from the website Stories of the Unsolved. 
Theory number one is what Carly's mother, Lindsay, and a lot of other folks believe. They believe Carly died of a drug overdose. They believe she came home from the party, she's freaking out, and later on passed away. They don't believe Melissa killed her directly. She just disposed of Carly. Remember, Melissa was recording Carly. This recording has never been made public. She wouldn't let Dr. Phil listen to the recording. Well, first she lies and says, well, I let your production team listen to it. Dr. Phil tells her, that's wrong. You didn't let my production team listen to it. Her response was that she didn't mind Dr. Phil listening to it, but she didn't want the whole world to listen to it. Now, Dr. Phil has been criticized for believing that Melissa has to share this audio with him, like he has the privilege to be able to listen to it when he's not a detective, a member of the FBI, or one of Carly's family members. I really don't know how I feel about it. At the end of the day, he's a talk show host and he's doing what he can for ratings, although I do feel Dr. Phil isn't a a malicious person and he has Carly as his best interest in the show. Melissa does allow Dr. Phil to listen to it privately. This has some speculating that there was some kind of abuse going on and she didn't want to expose that. And that's the reason the audio has never been made public. It's also been mentioned that Carly's little brothers were home during this time. I'm sure they were interviewed, but I feel like if a body was being disposed of, they would have brought it up when they weren't around their parents. Lindsay says Carly should have been evaluated by competent medical professionals and a law enforcement agency should have taken a more proactive approach. She also says that she has every right to question Zach and Melissa's actions because their behavior surely makes me question what happened that night. Lindsay has never directly accused Zach and Melissa of harming Carly, although she does feel they know more than what they're saying. The next theory is what Melissa and Zach believe. Carly walked out of the house and was kidnapped on Highway 6. On the Dr. Phil show, Dr. Phil mentions maybe she was picked up by human traffickers and was forced into prostitution. Highway 6 runs from California to Massachusetts. If she was picked up, she could literally be anywhere right now. The third theory isn't really likely and ended up not having anything to do with Carly. Some speculated that Carly's disappearance was related to Madeline Lingenfelter. Madeline went missing from Reno, Nevada a month before Carly disappeared. There was nothing to support this theory except two girls around the same age disappeared within a 200-mile area. Madeline's body was eventually found and her death was ruled a suicide. There is this awful YouTube channel called Kate Yup. Some thought that the girl in the videos could have been Carly. It ended up not being her. The girl has moles and stuff that Carly didn't have. But others are convinced it's her for some reason. The channel is truly awful. It's this pretty young girl who does look similar to Carly. Her eyes are covered with a scarf type thing so you can only see her mouth and her nose. She does this ASMR eating of raw fish and gross stuff. The ASMR portion is the enhanced sound of her slurping and chewing. The worst part is that the girl is anonymous and may be being held against her will. The reason for this is that she's covered in bruises and sometimes has a busted lip. She's got markings on her. I don't believe this girl is Carly, but whoever she is is probably under duress of some kind. I just hope she's been saved by now. She doesn't talk or anything. She just smiles and eats super fast. 
and it's like a ton of food. And she slurps the food like octopus, pork brains, raw fish. She actually eats so fast that in one video she loses her tooth. This type of video is called mukbang and is popular in Korea. However, most people who do this aren't concealed and covered in bruises and they're laughing and talking in the videos. I don't find the entertainment in it, but more power to people who enjoy watching people eat a large amount of food very quickly. What I find wrong is that this woman um, appears to be being held against her will. It reminds me a lot of, I remember back in like 2016, 2017, my son and I were obsessed with this girl named Marina Joyce. She was a YouTuber who did fashion and stuff. And um, a lot of times folks felt that she was being held against her will. You know, in the comments, it would say something like, um, you know, wear your hair to the left-hand side tomorrow in the video if you're being held against your will, and she would do it. So I think Marina ended up being totally fine. Like, the police came eventually, and, and she wasn't, you know, being held hostage somewhere. So back to the Kate Yup channel. Some think she's just a woman with bulimia that profits from this hoax channel. I have no idea, but she looks like she's been beat up in each video, which is disturbing. It's important to mention that Kate Yup's first video was in April of 2018, and Carly didn't go missing until October of that year. There is also this other YouTube video, and it's 100% clickbait. If you do a search for Carly Goose on YouTube, one of the first results you'll see is a video called We Found Missing Teenager. It's just this guy on his dirt bike who spots a girl out running. He leaves her there and just keeps riding. It's got 20 million views. The girl was a missing girl who ran away from home with her boyfriend two days before, but it wasn't Carly, which the video made you think it was going to be. Another first search result on YouTube for Carly Guzay will be Kendall Ray covering Carly's story on her channel. She's, she does an amazing job, and I hope you all check it out because she's a really great podcaster. In January of 2021, the Mono County Sheriff's Office is flooded with messages and emails about a TikTok video of a girl who resembles Carly. The video was posted with the username, I'm having so much fun. The video went viral of a girl in a dark room talking to people on her TikTok live. She appears to be looking stressed and uncomfortable as she makes fidgety movements and keeps shaking. She says the room is dark because they don't have any power there. The video was shown to Carly's family and they confirmed it's not her. People still wondered if this Carl, if this user was in trouble and she could be another missing person. Even though it wasn't Carly, it's good that people noticed this and called right away. It lets you know people are paying attention. Carly's dad, Zach, was arrested in March of 2021 for corporal injury to a spouse. I looked it up because I was confused about what the difference is between that and domestic violence. Corporal injury to a spouse is a more severe crime. He was released on $50,000 bond. The next day, his mugshot and name were removed from the Sheriff's Department website for reasons I have no idea why. This incident doesn't have anything to do with Carly, but I still feel like it's worth mentioning. I found Melissa's Facebook page, and it's basically all about finding Carly. Her parents and her stepmom were on Nancy Grace's podcast. They are determined to find Carly and bring her home. It's been three years, and there are still zero leads. There is also a Bring Carly Home page and a Twitter handle called Carly Home. If alive today, Carly is 19 years old. At the time of her disappearance, Carly has long brown hair, her left nostril is pierced, and she is five foot seven inches tall. 
Carly's case is still very active three years later in 2021. One thing is for sure, she needs to come home to her family who misses her so much. Her mom needs closure and to find out exactly what happened. That's it for this week. Take care and I'll see you all again soon. Much love to you all.